Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dr. Ron. Welcome. The next 30 minutes, you will receive and hear information about medical news that you can use. Please stay tuned, and we will be with you shortly on Blog Talk Radio. Let's get on with the show. This is Dr. Ron Repesey of Rejuvenation's Cool Cryo Spa, your place to chill at 239-658-COOL. If you've not heard of whole body cryotherapy and suffer with back pain, joint pain, arthritis, fibromyalgia, or you're an athlete that wants quick recovery from sports injuries, then come chill with us at Rejuvenation's Cool Cryo Sauna. Cryospa treatments take only three minutes and are supervised by physicians. Sessions are one-on-one in a private environment. Each treatment can also burn five to 800 calories. As seen on Dr. Oz, Cool Cryospa is truly amazing technology. Let's hear what Dr. Kurt Biggs, a well-respected orthopedic surgeon in Naples, has to say about Cool Cryotherapy. Hi, I'm Dr. Biggs of the Joint Replacement Institute. Since I started applying the Cool Cryosauna, my patients are healing much quicker and athletes are seeing quick recovery. I recommend this procedure for my surgical patients and athletes. Call Dr. Repesey now to schedule your Cool Cryo trial session, 239-658-COOL, 239-658-2665, located at 1575 Pine Ridge Road in in the New Rules Italian Bistro Plaza. Rejuvenation's Cool Cryo Spa. Come chill with us. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we may have had some technical problems. I don't know uh, if you uh, heard the beginning part of the show. We'll see if Dr. Smith is still on the line. Yeah, I'm on the line. Uh, all right, Dr. Jerry. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we may have had some uh, technical problems again with the Block Talk Radio. They seem to, uh, every time they make an upgrade, they seem to uh, ruin our uh, programs here. And uh, uh, I'm sorry about that. I know we had a full board before I did redial back in. And now, uh, the, those of you that have stayed with us, thank you so much. Uh, Just for Dr. Jerry, I just want to just summarize now because I gave three important FDA warnings, ladies and gentlemen. I warned you about the generic drugs that are coming into this country under false pretenses with altered data. I told you about meat tenderizers and how they can cause you to die because if uh, the, the label says tenderized by needle or by blade, they're putting needles and blades through the meat and they're calling it marinade but they could be introducing pathogenic E. coli into that meat so when you go out to eat please rare is a thing of the past meat should actually be sitting for about three minutes after it's cooked to at least a medium uh, temperature so that other pathogens can be uh, killed and then we talked a little bit uh, and I guess I don't know what uh, 
you heard or what you did not hear because I, the FDA is not protecting us, ladies and gentlemen, especially with vegetables. And, and just to cut this short so we can have time with Dr. Smith, please wash your filthy vegetables. Scrub the tougher ones like potatoes. Soak all of them in 3% hydrogen peroxide for 20 minutes. Rinse it. Cook it. Serve it raw. You won't taste the peroxide, ladies and gentlemen. And you can also wash your vegetables down with colloidal silver. Your, our government is not keeping your vegetables, your meat, or your drugs safe. Please t- take this advice seriously. It's, it could save your life. And another area where the FDA is not protecting us happens to be in an area that Dr. Smith is, is aware of. And he sent me a piece on today. Uh, and and that's uh, that's in scopes. And uh, let's bring Dr. Jerry Smith in here, and then I'll uh, I have a piece that I talked to you about a year ago. So, Dr. Jerry, uh, did you want to talk about that today? You did send me an interesting article this morning. Yeah, it's um, pretty frightening. You know, you think you're going in for a, a uh, top of the line diagnostic uh, procedure, and the potentials. Uh, downsides are, are tremendous. I mean, it could cost you your life. Uh, you know, perfect example is if it's not the instrument's not navigated properly through the uh, the colon, it could uh, pierce the wall and um, create a septicemia. I know one of my patients told me his uh, stepmother died within three weeks after her colon was perforated. Uh, it was due to you know septicemia. So you're not playing around with just a simple little nick, bruise, or scrape. Uh, when you're going with the instrument. And the other big problem is the uh, sanitation of these things, the sterility, the, you know, unless you're using a gas um, type of uh, sterilization process where it can get into every nook and cranny, you know, you open yourself up for, you know, cross-contamination, which can kill you. Um, I kiddingly say the only one's going to put a scope up me is a U-boat commander. So um, <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're eating plenty of fiber, you got three bowel movements a day, you know, colon cancer shouldn't be in your vocabulary. And what's interesting, I met a retired motorcycle policeman. I used to do the cancer ride uh, every year. And Nick Forgione, really nice guy, he had colon cancer. He refused chemo, refused radiation, refused surgery. I said, what'd you do, Nick? He said, two things, Dr. Smith. He said, I went to church and prayed every morning. And he said, I changed my diet 180 degrees. He said, the cancer disappeared. Uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, that's a great story. But I, I still, I, as a medical physician, saying that colon screening is the best screening we have of all the cancers. They can catch it early. They can take care of it right while you're under, and you won't feel a thing. But there is a problem. There is a problem with the scope. And uh, the FDA says this Olympus TJFQ180V duodenoscope, they say it's safe. It's been used in hospitals for five years. But guess what? I don't know if Dr. Jerry even knows this. It never was approved. So, you know, uh, you know, I, I said a year ago, Olympus must have had a get-out-of-jail-free card uh, up its sleeve because they've been let off scot-free. All right, so what do we do? Okay, I still believe in in in, in uh, colonoscopies. I think it's a it's a marvelous procedure that could save your life. But for any endoscopic procedure at all, ladies and gentlemen, 
educate yourself. You have to find out how that scope is clean between patients. They should be using ethylene oxide sterilization or hydrogen peroxide gas sterilization. If they don't, you know, find somebody that does. But it's the, the gas that's going to get in the crevices of these instruments to kill these bacteria so that you don't get sick from the procedure. Now, if you have a perforation, that, that's, that's operator error. That is operator error, ladies and gentlemen. And remember, the third leading cause of death in the United States, medical malpractice. Well, Ron, but, you're going to have to find a hospital that accepts BYOS, bring your own scope. <laughs> well, that's true. You know, you have to. You know, that might be. I hope that that day never comes. But you know, if we give give our patients, they know that give them the heads up that something could be wrong. Uh, you know, try make make sure that it's sterilized properly. Uh, I think you'll be okay. Well, wow, ladies and gentlemen, we we uh, I think today's show got a little bit messed up. We had a lot of uh, subjects and. Uh, I guess because of a technical error, maybe the first 15, 20 minutes of this show was not uh, recorded. So let's have some fun for the rest of the show, and we'll continue next week. We had Dr. Frank on a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about Coke and Coke and water. So I'll go through a list of some things about water and Coke, and then we'll get Dr. Jerry's comment on them. 75% of Americans are chronically dehydrated, Right probably half the world's population. 37% of Americans in 37%, the thirst mechanism is so weak that when you're thirsty, you think you're hungry. Even mild dehydration will cause your metabolism to slow down as much as 3%. Guess what? One glass of water will shut down midnight hunger pangs for almost 100% of dieters that were studied at the University of Washington. Lack of water, guess what? It's the number one trigger of daytime fatigue. Do you ever have that mid-afternoon fatigue? And this is taken into account that you have normal thyroid function and so forth. It could be just lack of water. And preliminary research indicates that 8 to 10 glasses of water a day could significantly ease back and joint pain for 80% of sufferers. A mere 2% drop in body water can trigger fuzzy short-term memory trouble with basic math difficulty focusing on the computer screen or a printed page just think of that and you think you're getting alzheimer's disease a mere two percent drop in body water drinking five glasses of water daily decreases the risk of colon cancer by 45 percent it can slash the risk of breast cancer by 79 percent And one is 50% less likely to develop bladder cancer. Are you drinking the amount of water you should be drinking every day? And and, and one more thing, but I'll let Dr. Jerry in here. The the quality of the water. We must have good quality water without chlorine and fluorine. Go ahead, Jerry. Yeah, basically, what's the most favorite drink, uh, you know, in America? It's coffee. And coffee works like a diuretic. So you're not only losing fluid, but you're also losing minerals. You know, coffee, the caffeine kicks the minerals out of your body. The minerals literally hold the water in the cells. So like when I do a long bike ride, I hydrate three hours before I go out and ride, you know, with organic minerals 
and um, you know, good juices and good quality protein. And my buddies are going through like two bottles of water, you know, and I've barely gone through a third of a bottle. So hydrate just because you're drinking water doesn't mean you're getting hydrated. No, I, I would agree with that. And I would agree that drinking small amounts of water is more important than drinking a, a big gulps at a time because all you're doing is flushing it through your kidneys. But I, I wanted I wanted our listeners to get the concept of, of, of hydration. And we've talked about reverse osmosis filters. We've talked about getting the floor, the halogens out of your water so you don't have the uh, the effect on your thyroid gland. But water is important, ladies and gentlemen. It, it, it and and with the with the precautions that Dr. Jerry and I have both talked about. Yeah, and, and you then, can get a re- you can get a relatively inexpensive uh, filter. Um, you know, I'm not talking one with just carbon, but for about $125, uh, there's one called Aya, and it sits on your countertop. It has a two tenths of micron screen for any particulate matter that's suspended in the water. Plus, it has uh, I think four other layers, and it pulls out the uh, drugs. Uh, you know, dioxins, heavy metals, and, you know, you don't have to get involved in a big investment, but at least the water that you'll be drinking will be pure. Exactly. And, and that's important, the quality. I mean, when we talk about diet, we talk about oils, we always have to talk about the quality of the product, and it's important to drink a high-quality water. All right, so we talked a little bit about coke a couple weeks ago, and Dr. Smith told us about the phosphoric acid and so forth. Well, here's just some interesting facts that we were able to dig up last week. In many states, the highway patrol carries two gallons of coke in the trunk to remove blood from the highway after a car accident. Great, and that's a great use for coke. It's so much better than drinking it. And do you know you can put a T-bone steak in a bowl of coke and you come back two days later, the steak will be gone. Do you know you can clean your toilet with a can of Coke poured into the toilet bowl and let it just sit there for an hour and then flush it? The citric acid in the Coke removes the stains. Isn't that incredible? What, what great uses for Cokes are a lot better than drinking it. If you want to remove rust from chrome bumpers, rub the bumper uh, with a rumpled piece of Reynolds Wrap aluminum foil dipped in Coca-Cola. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You want to clean the corrosion from your car battery terminals, pour some Coca-Cola over the terminals and let that corrosion bubble away. You want to loosen a rusted nut? Get a cloth, soak it in Coca-Cola, and put it on that rusted bolt for several minutes. And to bake a moist ham, I don't know about this one, ladies and gentlemen, but this is just part of the research. Empty a can of Coca-Cola into a baking pan, Wrap the ham in aluminum foil and bake 30 minutes before the ham is finished. Remove the foil. Allow the drippings to mix with the Coke. They say it's a sumptuous brown gravy, but I'll I'll have more to say about aluminum a little later. But this one is good. To remove grease from your clothes, empty a can of Coke into a load of greasy clothes. Add detergent. Run it through the regular cycle. The Coca-Cola will help loosen grease stains. They say it will also clean road haze from your windshield. So that phosphoric acid that's in Coke, it can dissolve a nail in about four days, ladies and gentlemen. Four days. Phosphoric acid leaches calcium from your bones and is a major, major contributor to the rising increase of osteoporosis. And didn't Dr. Jerry talk talk about this a couple of weeks ago? Didn't he just say the same thing? So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you know, 
the uses for coke that we just talked about are better to put it get in your body. Use it to clean things, bake things, but do not put it in your body. Well, the other big so, problem is it makes you too acidic. You know, to get more bubbles into the liquid, they bring the pH down to like 2.6 uh, for two reasons. One, it'll sit on the shelf uh, for years without any contamination. But the lower the pH, the more bubbles you can uh, compress into the liquid. So it gives you that fizz. There you go, pop, pop, fizz, fizz with Coke. You got it. But, yeah, the big problem is the more acidic you become, you know, drinking coffee and soda and uh, eating grains, then literally you set yourself up for degeneration. That's what it's all about. You get dehydration, concentrated toxins, and demineralization of the bones, and uh, you're headed down a slippery slope. Absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you, you know how we do not like uh, pop, as the Midwesterners call it here in Florida. Uh, this pop is no good for you uh, for lots of reasons, including making you too acidic and cancer and bad diseases occur uh, in acidic environments. That's why there was a Dr. Simonici from Italy who actually was shut down because he he was curing cancer with uh, with sodium bicarbonate. Yes, it was too easy and people couldn't make enough money. Well, we t- I talked about aluminum, but I, I don't like aluminum. Uh, that metal, it's, it's used in pots and pans. And some of, some of you knowingly or unknowingly are applying it uh, under your arms every day. But, you know, we've been here and talking about aluminum, how toxic it can be for your brains. Well, I just saw... A team of international researchers has issued the biggest warning yet, Jerry, about uh, aluminum, and it goes way beyond Alzheimer's. It turns out that the, that aluminum can poison every part of your body and really put you on a fast fast track to an early grave. So it's in your toothpaste. People don't realize it. Most toothpastes have aluminum oxide as a whitening agent. Wow, I didn't know that myself. I knew about yeah. underarm, but even in toothpaste. Absolutely, along with titanium uh, oxide. It's just pure whitening agent. I mean, it's nuts. Wow. Well, we've been warning you about aluminum. Now add toothpaste to it. Uh, but if you want to get yourself uh, motivated, uh, brush up on your French and get the latest copy of Morphology. M-O-R-P-H-O-L-O-G-I-E. That's a journal published in France. It devoted an entire issue to aluminum. And for starters, Jerry, they said it's reasonably clear that aluminum can alter central nervous system, the brain and spinal cord, ladies and gentlemen, to resemble the deadly changes found in the brains of Alzheimer's patients. All right, there's a whole medical journal devoted to aluminum, and the first thing they say is it can cause changes related to Alzheimer's. Next, there's another connection here that that they, they point out. Second connection, aluminum and breast cancer. One article tells how an area of the breast right next to where antiperspirants are applied is also where a disproportionately high incidence of breast cysts and breast cancer are found. Now, maybe are they two reasons? Are they two reasons to get rid of aluminum? Well, plus, you know, 
unsuspecting people think that oh, drinking tap water is, is okay because uh, it's chlorinated, but little do they know the public water uh, works uses alum or aluminum sulfate to pull out the suspended particles from the reservoir water, and they don't even have to tell you that they're doing it. So you're getting aluminum in your public water supply. Absolutely. Another reason to buy a good water water filter, ladies and gentlemen. And you know what else aluminum can do? And this one was new to me. It can really harm your good intestinal bacteria and interfere with your gut immune system. And, you know, most of our immune system is in our gut. And Jerry knows that. Dr. Jerry knows that. Mm -hmm. I know that. But a lot of people don't know that most of our immune system is, is in our gut. So for icing on the aluminum cake, Jerry, it can help you develop inflammatory bowel disease. Now, is that a disease of the 21st century? Sure. And uh, and then that, you, you couple with taking Imodium, which is uh, to slow up the uh, for diarrhea, you know, and now you're, you're compounding the problem even more. Yep. All right. I mean, the last thing I'll say about it, certainly not the least, uh, is they put it into vaccines as an adjuvant, and something that is supposed to boost your immune response to the shot doesn't work, ladies and gentlemen. It goes right to your brain. So experts say that if you wanted to maximize the body's absorption of this brain-damaging toxin, toxin, the best way is to inject it into your body. Well, if you really want to, I guess that is a good way of getting aluminum in. Aluminum is added to vaccines, ladies and gentlemen, including pneumonia shots for seniors, D, T, A, P, and polio ones for kids and HPV vaccines like Gardasil. Please, you know, it's bad enough you get it from all these other sources, including the water you drink. I have five things I want you to watch out for. Maybe Dr. Jerry will add something. Ditch the antacids. Over-the-counter antacids contain a lot of aluminum. That's either tablet form or the liquid form, ladies and gentlemen. And make no, uh, don't doubt it. Stop using antiperspirants. Three, read the ingredient label. Look out for aluminum compounds added to foods. And if you're baking at home, only buy aluminum-free baking powder. Not hard to find, ladies and gentlemen, according to my wife. Number four, be careful of what you foil. Studies have found that large amounts of aluminum can leach into foods that are cooked or reheated, wrapped in aluminum foil, especially acidic foods and at high temperatures. And number five, what Dr. Jerry just said, watch your water because studies have found that fluoride combined to aluminum and send it directly to your brain. If your water is fluoridated, eh, invest please. Even if it's not, invest in a good filtration system that can remove fluoride. Not all do. So there are my five things about aluminum, Jerry, because, uh, you know, we're ha we have an epidemic of Alzheimer's. And what you don't know is when I started this program three years ago, I started it because of an article I saw in the Journal of Neurology that stated as your uh, as men's waist sizes approach 40 inch inches, they're at a 33% increased risk of developing Alzheimer's and dementia. Now, as, as we go on, as we're going on with this show, there are so many more things that are possibly preventative in the development of this, this heart-wrenching disease. So uh, Dr. Jerry's right there in the forefront, ladies and gentlemen. Before I even got to my list on water, he brought it up. So uh, 
please be careful of aluminum. Uh, not not good. Ask your doctor if there if you, if you have to get some sort of shot. If it, if it has aluminum, he may not even know it. He may have to look it up, but it's worth it. Wow, it gets me so. Uh, I don't know what the word is, ladies and gentlemen. Just just uh, agitated. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's probably the best one. <laughs> it's just the things that are out there that we're killing ourselves. We are actually killing ourselves. We're taking aspirin and people are getting brain bleeds. Uh, and Doctor you know, Jerry just reminded me. I wanted to tell you something about Imodium. Now, he, you know, Imodium is is a drug that uh, I guess millions of people take it, but maybe uh, what you don't know is the FDA is warning that Imodium can trigger a deadly heart condition. This just came out, Dr. Jerry. Uh, oh, and wow. Yeah, it, it, it just, this, is a, this was a new one. And it's going to surprise a lot of people because most people think Imodium is so safe to take. But I'm going to tell you the, the history of this drug because I made some notes about it and see if, uh, if alarm bells should have sounded maybe a long time ago about this. You may be surprised to find out that lopiramide, that's the, it's an opioid drug. It's just like OxyContin and, and Vicodin. It's sold over the counter, lots of brand names. The most um, uh, popular one is Imodium AD. In fact, after it was approved by the FDA, guess when? 1976. Yeah, that's like it's been around forever. It was put on the list of controlled substances like morphine and codeine. But six years later, 1982, it was taken off that list. So regulators have tried to make this drug out as being a safe drug because it won't give you the typical opioid high. But now we know it's not as benign as they want us to believe. In fact, it can be deadly. It was just last week the FDA issued a, quote, safety communication, unquote, about how lopiramide has been reported to cause deadly heart problems, including life-threatening arrhythmias. The FDA reported that even the typical antiarrhythmic drugs used to save lives are not working in these cases caused by loperamide, which is Imodium. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not that safe a drug. We don't, maybe we just, you know, physicians in the emergency room are not looking for Imodium as a cause of these deadly arrhythmias. So how does the agency manage to justify allowing this potentially deadly over-the-counter drug to be so widely used and sold everywhere. You know where what it's doing? It's putting the blame on America's growing drug epic, epidemic. That's right. It's all the fault of the people who have become addicted to opioids. The agency said, where well, you get this, that Imodium and other generic versions of the drug are being taken by addicts in giant doses to both get high and help with withdrawal symptoms. Well, that should be a warning just in itself. There was a story from CBS News that uh, detailed the deadly effects and bizarre manifestations of this abuse problem. But here's what you're not going to get on the mainstream media and that no one's going to tell you except here at Blog Talk Radio with Dr. Ron and Dr. Jerry. You don't have to be an addict or take the drug at super high doses to put your life in danger. You can be in the same jeopardy taking the recommended dose. If you also happen to combine Imodium with a whole list of other widely prescribed drugs, for example, did you know the FDA listed drugs like Zantac, 
and tagamet, bind it with emodium, you're going to get a, a fatal arrhythmia. Have you ever heard that before? Here's something the else you may not have heard. In 1990, after months of desperate pleas by pediatricians, Johnson & Johnson agreed to voluntarily withdraw its Imodium drop products for infants that was distributed around the world. 19 babies suffered paralysis of their intestines from this, the drops and killed 10. As experts are saying that the true tally of babies who died as a result will never, never be known. And while Imodium is no longer sold in the U.S. for infants, it's still allowed to be used in kids as young as six. So if Imodium or other uh, loperamide drugs are the first thing you reach for to treat your diarrhea, you might want to consider some drug-free remedies, such as high-quality yogurt containing natural cultures, a probiotic, and something that from the past I made a note about, I don't have any experience with it, but I've been told coconut macaroons work for diarrhea. So do not get dehydrated, but please, Imodium, according to the FDA now, this is new uh, information that was just released last week. It could be dangerous to your health by causing a fatal arrhythmia. Well, you know, there's another interesting aspect, you know, with the contraindications of it is do not use in patients with hypothyroidism. Huh, that's a thing. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, and, and like, unfortunately, you got about 40 million Americans with hypothyroidism because it's not going to show up in a blood test. You know, the doctors, um, you know, poo-poo it uh, if it doesn't show up in the test. But, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are walking around in slow motion. And, um, you know, unsuspecting, you know, they have a problem, they'll take the Imodium and uh, just complicate their health issues. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, what we're doing to ourselves. I really have to apologize for the beginning of this show. Blog Talk Radio has been having some uh, communication problems, and we're looking to get onto another radio station. I have a a friend on Saturday nights, uh, I guessed, on his show quite frequently on boxing and he's having the same problems, and he's been on Block Talk Radio for eight years now. So I do apologize. Uh, they say they're upgrading their communications, but uh, a lot of times we get uh, blown off the air or we, don't, we have no correct sound. The Skype doesn't work. You, know, you should be able to call into our show from Skype uh, as well as dial, dialing the 347-989-8899 number. I do apologize, and I will look for a solution uh, to this because this is unacceptable. A couple things that we'll talk about, and then uh, we will bring this. We'll rehash some of it next week when we have uh, uh, when I vented my uh, aggravation to Block Talk Radio. How about Viagra, ladies and gentlemen? Some people take it for erections, others take it so they do not urinate on their shoes. But for whatever reason. Just just want you to know, and without going into uh, the devastating uh, condition known as heart failure, researchers uh, are doing some studies that show that drugs normally used to, to treat erectile dysfunction, such as Viagra, uh, Viagra, 
actually have a very pronounced effect in slowing the progression of heart failure as well as reducing the likelihood of fatal, fatal arrhythmia. So heart failure patients definitely have uh, abnormal heart rhythms. And it looks like in, in, a, in a good group of uh, people in Manchester, England, uh, they receive Viagra or a similar drug for erectile dysfunction. And uh, they were far less likely to go on and die from a heart attack. So uh, this might this is something we'll, we'll we'll keep you informed about. I just wanted you to know that there is some other reason that uh, some of uh, the seniors might be looking to take Viagra, and it might be to prevent a heart attack and heart failure. In this one, one Ron, they, <laughs> what was they, that? They elder, the elderly men in the nursing home use it so that they don't roll out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's a visual one. That is a visual one, ladies and gentlemen. All right. I want to uh, maybe leave you with a couple couple notes. Uh, there is another a study going on again in England. Uh, Dr. Jerry and I have said that most chronic diseases have their basis in inflammation, an inflammatory component. So now they're uh, testing, they're doing a blood test, a simple test now in England to calculate your risk of future heart problems. And guess what the, the, the test is? It looks for protective antibodies, IgG. That's, that's a form of gamma globulin, ladies and gentlemen. With the, if they get enough, uh, it seems that if these antibodies are high enough, they shield you from a heart attack. And of course, they they say even when your cholesterol high, blood pressure is high, and we know those numbers are bogus to start with. But again, the, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about this because again, it gets to the basis of inflammation of disease, which is inflammation. And here, uh, there's they are developing a test for this IgG antibody to determine your risk of having a heart attack. So, uh, so they can sell you another drug, that's all. Yeah, but, you know, if you listen to this program, though, we're going to tell you about the food you can eat to keep your inflammation low, uh, how to stay calm, how to meditate. Uh, there are so many things that you can do uh, to keep yourself uh, from having too much inflammation. Uh, and you know you've heard a lot of them on on the program, including uh, foods, uh, mental uh, aspects, exercise. You know nobody talks about that. Eating the right kind of fats will be uh, will influence your your inflammation. If you get too much omega six fatty acids and don't balance it with the right amount of omega threes and have the right ratio, you're going to have a lot of inflammation. So um, we're, we're going to be talking a lot about that. We'll talk more about rhubarb. Jerry, Jerry, did you like, well, when I lived in Pennsylvania, I used to like to go to the Amish area and get that rhubarb pie. You know, that really is a, a brain-boosting uh, chemical in there. Well, yeah, the Amish are usually pretty clean with uh, their vegetables, and their, except that yeah. they love their sugar. Oh, they, they do, especially with that, that one kind of pie we used to get up there when I was shoe younger. Pie, shoe fly pie. That's the one. Oh my gosh, is that is that loaded with sugar or what? Absolutely. My gosh. Uh, so a couple things. So we'll talk more about inflammation. Let's talk next week about inflammation. 
about the foods that you can eat to keep your inflammation under control. I'm going to talk again about, too, next week about an anti-obesity diet and uh, that we have to talk about. We know that the low-fat diet increased our consumption of carbohydrates and sugar. And what did it do over the last 50 years? What made us fat and sick? The Mediterranean diet, the high-fat diet now, the high-good-fat diet, saturated fats. We have to talk more about that. You have to uh, be educated, re-educated because of 50 years of propaganda. So uh, we're going to talk to you about just, just common sense things about your diet. Uh, you, you, everything you, you, you've you raised about or the dietitians have told you uh, is wrong. Dr. Ansel Keys fudged statistics, and from there on in, uh, it's been a, a, the wrong propaganda that has made us sicker uh, for, for it by eating too much carbohydrates. So for the past 50 years, obesity and heart disease, what have they done, done ladies and gentlemen? They have really risen. And, and cancers have too. And we have to uh, talk about the fats in our diet. I know Dr. Smith talks about uh, his, you know, he, he has a shake or he has vegetables and uh, flaxseed oil. We have, to, we have to reopen the discussion and keep an open mind about what we have, to, what we put in our mouth. If you have a, a gasoline car, you don't put diesel fuel in it, and we have to put the right type of fuel into our bodies. So we, we'll, we'll talk about that because I'm, I'm a little upset today that uh, the show didn't flow as well as it should because of that 15-minute that break in the beginning. We lost some of your listeners. I do apologize to those uh, that did not come back, uh, but we'll, we'll make it up to you next week with some really good findings on fat. Uh, and inflammation. Dr. Jerry, any, any closing words on, on today's show? Well, the the less processing the food that you eat, the healthier you're going to be. You know, anything in the box or can or frozen is um, going to have diminished value. You know, the older I get, the more conservative I get, and the more simplistic I try to keep my lifestyle. You know, keep it simple. Uh, eat real foods and you know, you don't have to worry about uh, being in the emergency room or having a, you know, some people live from doctor appointment to doctor appointment. It's like lunacy. I, I agree. And and one other thing I want to talk about, I, we you and I have not talked about it, and, and that's about uh, people getting their iron level checked, their ferritin level. I, I found ever since I was a holistic physician back in the 70s that, you know, we used to give blood because it's really important that you, you keep your iron under control. And uh, we haven't talked about it on this show too much. I've mentioned it in passing, uh, but that would be the third topic for next next week about, you know, if you should give blood uh, and what an optimum ferritin level is. And are you at a, a risk for having iron overload? Because if you look at the labels of bread and vitamins, a lot of them have added iron. And uh, we have not, as physicians, uh, properly informed you about iron overload, I'm sorry to say. So a lot of times the problem goes undetected. We'll have to talk about how high is high, what happens to women after they go through menopause, some recommended lab tests, and your diet. Uh, because it can be important for your cardiovascular health. You know, most of the... Uh 
foods that have the iron added to it, it's it's inorganic iron, which constipates you. It's iron sulfate. Ah, see? That's the type of information we're going to talk about next week. Something you can apply to your daily life now and could have lasting impact so you do not get so much uh, free radical uh, activity from having too much iron. Uh, and it, it, too much iron, when, when, when you hear what it can do to your system, it's incredible. Uh, so I think that'll be a great topic, and Dr. Smith and I can prepare you for that next week. Uh, there, Jerry, I'm, I guess agitated is, is more is, is too, too uh, uh, calm a word uh, to say about what Block Talk Radio did to us today. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, with uh, my apologies, as Dr. Uh, even I did not get Dr. Smith on if he didn't have my cell number and call I still would not know uh, that we had a, a audio problem, uh, but I will take care of it. Believe me, I will take care of it, and uh, we will be back uh, next week. Dr. Jerry, I want to thank you so very, very much. Uh, your comments are, are much appreciated every week. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't know what to say. You've been you've been a, a good friend, and ladies and gentlemen, we have not even met. We 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 connected right away. So if you're around next week, if you're not in in Asia, Korea, Japan, or wherever you're teaching or whatever, uh, that could be our topics for next week. Uh, Inflammation, iron overload, and fat. Sounds exciting. I look forward to it. And uh, just remember, live each day as if it was your first. Not your last, but your first. (laughs) I agree. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next week. Take care. Dr. Ron and Dr. Ron have left the building. Thank you for listening to Rejuvenation Health Radio here on blogtalkradio.com. See you next week. Ciao.